Good morning. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, July 20th. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you this morning. Uh, We're going to cover some good ground today, and a lot of it, so let us begin our day in prayer, as we always do with our morning offering. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very happy to be with you, as always, on this uh, Wednesday morning. And, you know, it's flying right by. Now that we're back up to five days a week, I have to say, it it seems like we are just going through shows left and right, which is a joy for me. I hope it is for you. I hope you enjoy them. Um, I hope you're getting something out of them. Today we've got a a couple of great things we're going to get to today. Um, Doug Barry and I are going to continue our conversation on how to pray the rosary, tips for praying the rosary. Um, You know, it's planning this out has been um, such a gift to talk with Doug about here's some things that we, we should cover, here's some things we know we need to cover, uh, so on and so forth. And so we're going to continue that today. Also, uh, we're going to visit with Jack Williams from General Manager of EWTN Global Catholic Radio, host of Open Line. You hear him every afternoon here on Covenant Network at 2 p.m. Uh, really great guy and uh, one that I'm always happy to share a pizza with, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, then Kristalina Everett's going to be back with us today. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about these opportunities we have as parents in the summer months, you know, that we have this time home with our kids. You know, we might not be home any more than we are during the academic year, but they are, which presents us with more opportunities. Perhaps in the morning, we're not as rushed to get out the door because we're not rushing to get them out the door. Maybe you are. Maybe you have to get them to child care. Um, we are not as rushed to go pick them up from school and get home. Now, maybe it's camp. you got to go pick them up from camp and get home. But we have some more time with them, and it's a great opportunity for us to forge some relationships, build some trust, and so on and so forth, do all those things that parents do. Last week we were talking about, well, that's all well and good, but what if I can't, uh, what, what if I can't get out of the habits we're in now? Well, we talked a little bit about how to break out of those habits. This week, though, and I've been talking about it every morning so far this week, we're going to talk about the, the one that doesn't want you to break out of those bad habits. Yeah. There's, there's an enemy at the gates. Or uh, you ever see that movie with Robert Mitchum and oh, who else was in that? It's called The Enemy Below. A great movie. If you like, if you like old World War II uh, submarine movies, this is a really, really good one. I want to say, was it Kurt Jurgens? Yeah, Kurt Jurgens was the uh, was the submarine commander. But you know, Robert Mitchum is up in the the destroyer. I don't want to give you too much of a spoiler, but it's World War II. Robert Mitchum is a, a destroyer captain. Or I don't even know if it's a destroyer, but it's a small vessel. It's not an aircraft carrier or anything like that. And uh, they're out in the Atlantic, and there's a submarine. There's a German U-boat somewhere below them, and it's this game of cat and mouse. Who's going to sink who? Is is Robert Jer- or Mitchum going to sink the submarine captain? Is Kurt Jurgens going to sink Robert Mitchum's vessel? And uh, throughout the movie, what I love about it is. Robert Mitchum's character is just always thinking, what is the enemy trying to do? What's he trying to do? If he's smart, he'd be doing this, but he might not be doing that. He might be doing this. It's all about the tactics. 
And, and the same thing. Kurt Jurgen's character, the U-boat captain, he's like, all right, when's he going to make his mistake? Because when he makes his mistake, that's when we're going to get it. That's when we're going to sink Robert Mitchum's boat, you know? And uh, I say this because in our homes, in our spiritual lives, there is someone that does not want us to reach our final destination. That, of course, is the devil. He doesn't want us to get to heaven. And so sometimes, almost like that submarine in the enemy below, he's, he's lying in wait, just waiting for us to make a mistake. And are we giving him a free pass? Are we giving him the opportunity to get into our lives and, and more, more concerning? Well, I, I don't know that it's more concerning. I don't want the devil in my life in any way, shape, or form. But very sure, I do also do not want him in my home in any way, shape, or form. So are we... Are we allowing him to get in or are we staying on guard? That's really one of the questions we need to be asking ourselves. So Crystalina and I are going to talk about that a little bit later today. We also have the Catequiz today. We've got uh, the Daily Dose of Encouragement. We've got some good music lined up for you today. It's going to be a a good day, dare I say, here on Roadmap to Heaven. But, uh, you know, as always, there's a question of how hot is it going to be today? You know, I feel like with the weather lately, and I'll have, to, I'll have to send Mike a message about this. But I feel like with the weather lately, it's not a question of what what is the weather going to be. It's just a question of how hot is the weather going to be. <laughs> because what's the forecast today, Dad? Hot. It's going to be hot, kids. That's that's the forecast today. Uh, for more specifics as in what temperature it's going to be, well, it's, uh, we'll look into that. But for my knowledge, it's going to be hot today. I don't think he's going to dispute it, but let's go to Mike Roberts now for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Elijah the prophet. Born a century after the reign of David, in the northern kingdom of Israel, Elijah is first mentioned in the book of Kings when he brings the word of the Lord to Ahab, informing him that the Lord is not happy with Ahab's worship of false idols. As punishment for doing this, there was a severe famine throughout the kingdom of Israel, but Elijah was blamed for the famine and forced to go into hiding. At one point, he found shelter with a woman who had a young child. And when the child died, Elijah called upon the Lord to bring that child back to life. And because she was so generous in sharing with him the tiny amount of oil and flour she had, the Lord, through Elijah, made sure Her supply never ran out again. Then the Lord sent Elijah back to Ahab to tell him that there should be a showdown between the 450 prophets of the God they'd been worshiping and our Lord. So all day long, the prophets of Baal called for fire to be sent down to consume a sacrifice that had been prepared, but nothing happened. Then finally, Elijah called upon the Lord, saying, "'Answer me, Lord. Answer me that this people will know that you are the Lord our God.'" Then, as thousands watched, the Lord responded by sending fire down from heaven, consuming the fire. After this, all of Baal's prophets were killed. Elijah will go on to survive the persecution of Ahab and his wife Jezebel, who will die in humiliation. And Elijah then started a new guild of prophets from the Lord, and at the end of his life, he is taken into heaven when a chariot of fire appears and takes him into heaven in a whirlwind. St. Elijah the prophet, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Our catequist question today is about indulgences. It's a true or false question. Uh, True or false, 
whether we're talking about a partial indulgence or a plenary indulgence, the ways to obtain an indulgence, and I'm not just talking about the conditions, but the, the list of opportunities, the works you can do to obtain either a partial or plenary indulgence are uh, strictly set. They can never be modified. They can never be changed. True or false? That there are many works you can do to obtain a partial or plenary indulgence, but that list never changes. It can never be modified. It's set. I hope you're saying false this morning because that is the correct answer. And, you know, we, we talked about this a few years ago with the year of St. Joseph. So, you know, it, it's good to bring it back up and bring it back to the forefront of our attention. Um, what are What is an indulgence? What are the opportunities for an indulgence? Well, from the Catechism in paragraph 1471, if we jump in right about there, uh, the, the Catechism says, The doctrine and practice of indulgences in the Church are closely linked to the effects of the sacrament of penance. What is an indulgence? An indulgence is a remission before God of the temporal punishment due to sins whose guilt has already been forgiven, which the Catholic or which the faithful Christian who is duly disposed gains under certain prescribed conditions through the action of the church, which as the minister of redemption dispenses and applies with authority the treasury of the satisfactions of Christ in the saints. An indulgence is partial or plenary according as it removes either part, partial, or all plenary of the temporal punishment due to sin. The faithful can gain indulgences for themselves or apply them to the dead. Now, uh, paragraph 1472 is really great because it talks about this. Well, wait a minute. Adam, I was forgiven you in, in the sacrament of reconciliation that you told me to go to. Yes, you were. But sin has a twofold consequence. You know, grave sin, mortal sin, as we often talk about, deprives us of communion with God. It depri- we, we willingly eject any sanctifying grace that's in our souls out. We evict it. We say, get out of here. I want this mortal sin more than you. I know it's a mortal sin. I'm going to choose to do it anyway. And it truly is grave matter. You know, those three conditions. It's got to be grave. We've got to know that it's a mortal sin. And we choose to do it anyway. And when we do that, we say, sanctifying grace, get out. So there's a double effect on that. One is we're out of communion with God. Now, the sacrament of reconciliation, if we're truly contrite, if we're truly repentant, you know, whether it's perfect contrition, imperfect contrition, whether we are repentant because we love God so much or we're repentant because we fear the loss of heaven and the fact that we would go to hell, God forgives us either way, no matter what kind of contrition. We should always strive for perfect contrition, but he forgives us. But even venial sin, just as mortal sin, um, has... There's an unhealthy attachment to creatures. It, it, it makes us, you know, say you struggle with gluttony, then you're going to have a little bit, even if you go get forgiven of it, you're going to have an unhealthy attachment maybe to food, right? Um, we have to be purified from the effects of that sin. Think of it this way. If, uh, you know, I go up to my brother, not that we ever did this as kids, except we did this all the time, and I smack him across the face with a, a building block, and, and it gives him a cut, right? Now, he might forgive me. He might forgive me, but just because he forgives me doesn't mean that that cut is automatically healed instantaneously. No, the cut on his face would take some time to heal. And that's that's a good way to think about it. When we sin, God will forgive us as soon as we ask for his forgiveness if we're repentant, if we're contrite. But there might be some wounds that need to be healed. There, there's some consequences. So indulgences can take those away, partial or plenary. To get a plenary indulgence, there are certain conditions that have to be met. You have to be in a state of grace. So you have to go to confession. And generally, the rule of thumb is a good confession on 20 days either side, but as close to performing the work of the indulgence um, as possible is really the best practice. 
You have to go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. You have to pray for the intention of the Holy Father um, all within the day, if not the same time as doing the work of the indulgence. Okay. Then there's a whole list of works out there. Praying the rosary together as a family is one. Going to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament for at least one half hour, um, there's one. I mean, there's a whole list. You you have to look them up. I'm I'm not going to do all of your homework for you. I'm going to point you in the right direction and say, go to look them up. But the reason I bring this up, we, uh, you know, as you may know, we're very big on First Saturday devotions here at Covenant Network, as well as First Friday devotions. Well, the Legion of Mary is celebrating its 100th anniversary, its centenary. And after petitioning the Holy Father, um, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, has granted an opportunity to receive an indulgence, a plenary indulgence, uh, under the usual confession, sacramental confession, Holy Communion, and prayer for the intention of the Holy Pontiff, to members of the Legion of Mary and to other members of the faithful. So basically, if you're Catholic, but you're not in the Legion of Mary, this still applies to you, uh, who are truly penitent to be gained from 7 September 2021. So we're a little late on coming to this until 7 September 2022. So we've got a little bit over a month left on this, which can be applied for the souls of the faithful departed in purgatory by way of suffrage. If we visit any church of the said association, so if you go to a church that has the Legion of Mary, or wherever on pilgrimage and present devoutly at the joyful celebrations or at least recite the Lord's Prayer and the Creed devoutly, which adds pious appeals to the Blessed Virgin Mary. The aged and the sick and all who cannot leave home for a grave reason can equally gain the uh, can gain equally the plenary indulgence, having evinced a detestation of sin and a purpose of amendment were first permitted under the three usual conditions. If they join themselves spiritually to the joyful celebrations, offering the prayers, sorrows, or misfortunes of their own lives to the mercy of God. Now that's that brings up a key thing here. Detachment from sin. Um, To gain a plenary indulgence, dare I say, is difficult because it does require you to be fully detached from sin. You have to have full detachment from sin. Well, what happens if we aren't fully detached? Fear not. The church in her wisdom and her mercy and her joy offers us the opportunity for a partial indulgence. I would always strive for plenary, but I'm not going to turn down a partial indulgence. Last but not least on this, because we've covered a lot of ground here. And the Catechism, paragraph 1478. An indulgence is obtained through the church who, by virtue of the power of binding and loosing granted her by Christ Jesus, intervenes in favor of individual Christians and opens for them the treasury of the merits of Christ and the saints to obtain from the Father of mercies the remission of the temporal punishments due to their sins. Thus, the church does not want simply to come to the aid of these Christians, but also to spur them to works of devotion, penance, and charity. It's all about helping us fall deeper in love with our Lord. It's all about bringing us closer to relationship with our Lord. And uh, just as our Lord told the apostles, whose sins you forgiven are forgiven them. That's one of the reasons the church is able to offer indulgences. There's a lot more we could say on it. Maybe it's time for us to do a whole segment on indulgences coming up here on the show. In fact, I'm going to work on that today. Um, But the moral of the story is this. Do your homework. Find out how you can receive temporal uh, or remission from temporal punishment for your sin. We're going to take a break here because that was a lot. That was a lot. I hope I didn't leave you more confused. When we come back, we'll be talking with Doug Berry. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, shepherd of souls, who called the apostles to be fishers of men, raise up new apostles in your holy church. 
teach them that to serve you is to reign, to possess you is to possess all things. Kindle in the hearts of our people the fire of zeal for souls. Make them eager to spread your kingdom upon earth. Grant them courage to follow you who are the way, the truth, and the life, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. This week here on Covenant Network, we're talking with Doug Barry about how to get into that daily habit of praying the rosary. And Doug, it's very good to be with you today. Uh, you know, yesterday we were talking about creating an atmosphere for where to pray the rosary so we can get into this habit. And it reminds me of the old 2190 rule that we have to do something for 21 days to get into the habit. And then after 90, if we miss the rosary that day, we're going to be craving that rosary saying, yeah. oh, something's not right in the world. So let's talk about how to get obstacles out of the way so we can get to those 21 days and get to those 90 days. Yeah. And that is an awesome thing to remember the 2190, because there's so much truth to that. Uh, the, one of the first obstacles, and we, you know, we could go through dozens, but let's just pick a couple. And I say one of the key ones that I hear and that I've struggled with personally over the years is I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. We live in a world where a lot of times we just think I do things that I feel like doing. And if I don't feel like it, I don't do it. I don't feel like exercising. Okay. So I'm not going to exercise. Well, if I don't, then my health is going to start to suffer. I don't feel like eating right no, So I don't eat right. Yeah. Well, guess what's going to happen if you don't eat right, your health is going to suffer. You come down with all kinds of problems. You are investing in 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road with what you're doing right now. So if you don't feel like doing good things right now, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you could find yourself in a really, really bad situation. However, flip that and do things that even if you don't feel like doing it, you know they're good, you know they're healthy spiritually and physically, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you're going to find yourself in a much better place. The rosary is one of those. Get the obstacle of, I don't feel like it, out of the way. Do it because you know it's good, because Our Lady has asked for it, as we said last week. So many times Our Lady has come to the world saying, pray the rosary for, for peace in the world, for the aversion of war, to bring peace in your lives. It's been said by saints that there is nothing that can't be obtained through praying the rosary. And we'll talk more about the saints later in the week. But understanding that these obstacles that get in the way can be man-made, we can, we can be creating them ourselves because of our own attitudes. They can be from the world. Well, the world says, you know what? It's got to be something that's amazing and enlightening all the time. We listen to music because we like the beat, okay? And if that beat doesn't affect me, I don't care about that song. Uh, we do the same thing with food. If the taste is good, all right, even if it's not healthy, we'll still eat it if the taste is good. So it's all about what we feel. Get the feeling out of the way. Look at things based on, on really the efficacy, the fruitfulness of that that you're, that you're taking part in. If it's good for you, do it. The rosary, one of the greatest obstacles, of course, is the feeling part. We've got to change that. Another part that I find with regards to the rosary and people, obstacles that prevent them from praying it is distraction. You know, I'm praying the rosary, Doug, but I get distracted. And I figure if I'm distracted, it's really not doing me any good. And God's probably not really, you know, taking it. Look, God created us. He knows our minds. He knows we've got 18 irons in the fire, especially if you're a parent. You're a young father. I, all my kids are out of the house now, but I've got grandkids now. So I know I've got kids and grandkids I'm thinking about, worrying about, juggling. And you're raising kids right now and dealing with diapers and all that, Adam. And so, yeah, God's looking at it going, I know your situation. Okay. Don't let the distraction of, yeah, but my mind isn't quite there cause you not to pray it anyway. When you catch yourself being distracted, simply say, oh, Lord, you know, I'm distracted, but I'm plowing through it anyway. I'm forging ahead. 
God looks at the perseverance. We can't forget the scripture verse. Those who persevere to the end will find salvation. God doesn't say those who figure it all out, those who don't have distractions, those who always feel like doing it, they find salvation. Those who persevere in the face of the distraction, in the face of the obstacles. So whether it's not feeling like it or being distracted, or another one is, I just can't find the time. I can't find the time to pray the rosary. Then do what St. John Paul II even would do. Now, he would pray multiple rosaries a day, they say, but he would pray a decade here and a decade there. And a decade takes about three minutes or less, depending on your speed of your prayers. I've timed it. I know this. About three minutes or less. Who doesn't have two to three minutes to pray one decade of the rosary? So don't let time be, a, be a, an obstacle as well. So whether it's feeling or distracted or time or any other obstacle that's in your way, God doesn't want us to make excuses. He doesn't want us to rely on ourselves. He wants us to cooperate with his grace and just do it because we know it is right. You know, Doug, the best runs I've ever been on, the best workouts I've ever done in my life, uh, the best mornings where I've ever woken up in the wee small hours of the morning, as they say, are always the ones where I don't want to do it, but I know that I should. And yeah. with the rosary, it's the exact same thing. The days where it's the hardest to pray the rosary are the days that I love praying the rosary mm. the most. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been the same way, you know, different workouts I've done. And I work out five, six days a week, even if it's for 10 minutes. And there are times it's end of the day, 11, 11 30 night. I don't want to go out and get the workout in. I go to my garage, you know, and I get it done. And those are the moments sometimes that turn into the most productive ones because you don't feel like doing it. But when you're done mentally, you know, hey, I did it. And that's a huge boost. It's the same with praying the rosary. You might not feel like it. You might be distracted. But when you stop and make the time to do it, you find out after 21 days, and then hopefully you get to 90 and it's entrenched, you start thinking, you know what? I know I need this rosary. I need this for my spiritual life and even for my mental you know, strength and stability. Getting that discipline in is huge. Last thought on this real quick is that the demons despise the prayer of the rosary. We'll talk more later in the week about that, but they also despise discipline prayer. When people choose to be disciplined, and it's a choice more than anything, don't just wait for God to inject you. I say the angelic injection when now you're animated by God. He wants you to cooperate. And when we are disciplined, the demons despise discipline. They don't like people who will actually take the steps, put the practice in place, and accomplish that goal. They hate that. So be disciplined in the prayer of the rosary, and you'll be getting all kinds of amazing things done. All right. Well, Doug, this has been fantastic today. I look forward to tomorrow when we're going to be talking about the benefit of all yes. of this discipline. Awesome. Amen, brother. Good to be with you, Adam. A prayer for priests. Oh, my God, help those priests who are faithful to remain faithful. To those who are falling, stretch forth your divine hand that they may grasp it as their support. In the great ocean of your mercy, lift those poor unfortunate ones who have fallen, that being engulfed therein, they may receive the grace to return to your great loving heart. Amen. Precious blood of Jesus, protect them. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. And if you tune in to Covenant Network weekdays at 2 p.m. Central, 
You'll know the voice that you're about to hear. We're happy to be joined by Jack Williams, General Manager of EWTN Radio. Jack, it's good to see you. you. You've blown my cover. They didn't know I was actually doing that show, and now you've told the whole world. Oh, my. All right. Well, I guess, I guess I'll guess i go sit in the corner and just let you take <laughs> over the show here for a little bit. You know, we think of Catholic Radio as recently talking with Jen Brown from Spirit Radio here on the show about the power of witness, but we were also talking about how much we've learned being on Catholic Radio for many years. You've been the host of Open Line for, what, seven, eight years now? Something like that, yeah. All right, so I have to ask this. Are you still learning things when people call in with questions? Yeah, you do learn things. I think, you know, I mean, I was in a pretty well-formed state when I started doing this, and you do get a lot of the similar questions. And I always tell people, especially if we have any kind of a lineup change with hosts or anything, is I always, you know, tell them that the biggest quality that will make you successful at this job is to answer every question as if it were the first time you had ever heard it. And you'll hear these questions over and over and over again. So there are nuances to this, you know, things like purgatory. I've heard two or three different treatments that are outstanding of that, that are a little bit different from each other, but all true. More than learning new things, I think you hear stuff occasionally, even from callers sometimes, that will give you new insight or give you a different angle to view a certain tenet of the faith from. So that's the the biggest thing. And then to the funniest thing that most people find hysterical, when I first started on Open Line, you know, John Martinoni was the host on Monday back then, and John and I had known each other for years. And then on Tuesdays, it was a pro-life show with Barbara McGuigan, who I had known for quite a while through her efforts. Wednesdays was Father Mitch, and I had known Father Mitch for a long time. And Thursdays was Father Larry Richards, who's been a dear friend of mine for many years. And I was absolutely the first time I walked in on an open line Friday by myself to do that show with Colin Donovan. I was mortified. (laughs) Absolutely mortified. And Colin is the biggest pussycat that ever donned a headset. Uh, But it's just, you know, perception is reality, and I was... You know, I, I heard him pontificating on all of this theological content over the years, and I was intimidated as all get out. But And when you say Colin Donovan, vice president of theology, that's not just some nickname that, oh, this no. guy knows a lot, we'll just call him No, the- he is the vice president of theology for EWTN, <laughs> and we have a, a whole theology department. He has a whole team of theologians that are essentially responsible, for the most part, they vet everything that goes through the network just to make sure that we don't have content that's going out over the air that is not in line with church teaching to make sure we're not selling stuff at EWTN's religious catalog that is not in line with church so you can imagine these cats are reading books all the time do you get called into their office a lot never never okay that's good that's no one looks to me for any theological (laughs) advice whatsoever well let me ask you this in all the years you've been hosting I mean I listen to open line and I always love the answers to the questions, but has there ever been a caller that's called in with a question that made the host go, oh, I don't know that? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, <laughs> which is kind of one of the things that makes them a good host. We used to tease John. We still do. We used to tease John Martinoni all the time that John will take a swing at any question, <laughs> regardless of whether he felt like he was on solid ground to answer it or not. He is going to take a swing at the question. So that can get kind of funny. But I, I don't really recall anyone being completely stumped. Now, there will be occasions when somebody will ask about some particular 
individual or they'll ask about a, a particular occurrence that they're just flat out not familiar with and they can't speak to. So that would really be the only time that we, they'd find themselves in that kind of a situation. See, the best part about radio is that when that happens, you know, whether it's to jack or die, the easiest thing to do. So we're going to take a real quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to have the answer to that question and See, more. but I can't do that because I am beholden to goobers like you who have a clock that they have to follow, so I can't do that because I've got to stick to the clock. And that's the big thing that our, our people on our TV side of the operation, right, that reaches 375 million homes around the, you know, the world, when you are your own cable television network, you can go on whatever schedule you want to go on, and it doesn't affect anybody. On radio, we got to be on the dime or else all of you people will be picking up the phone. And you people are not bashful about picking up the phone. No, no, we are not. Go, we are not. <laughs> don't go your way. I'm just telling you, if I'm pulling back the curtain on Tony Holman and Adam and Covenant Radio right here, they will let their needs be known. That's all I'm telling you. Uh, Jack, we couldn't help but notice that the other day you were two seconds off when you got into the show. And I had to fill those two seconds. Let me tell you how difficult that was to only stay to two seconds. That's you know? right. That's had it right. been 30, it would have been no problem. Problem, you know. Well, Jack Williams, I want to thank you for dropping by. I think the last question is this: of all the things you've learned working, whether it's with Open Line or the shows that EWTN Radio produces, what's been one of the most meaningful things to you about being blessed with this opportunity? Well, I think it's really the realization that Catholic Radio, you know, the the locally produced things on affiliates like Covenant Radio, the programming that we produce at EWTN that will allow people at the affiliate level to get out into their communities and not have to fill 24 hours a day with produced programming is that Catholic radio is for everybody. It's for the person who doesn't know Jesus at all. It's for our separated brothers and sisters. It's for those who are of other faith traditions other than the Christian faith. It is for the Catholic who maybe has fallen away from the faith. It's from the Catholic who may be practicing their faith, but still, formation is an ongoing process, and Catholic radio has something to offer everybody that you come in contact with on the street, and doing it every day helps to reinforce that that notion. All right. Well, Jack Williams, general manager of EWTN Radio, host of Open Line, which you can hear every weekday here at 2 o'clock. And if you want to learn more about the other programs that you'll hear from EWTN Radio and Covenant Network, just go to our website, ourcatholicradio.org, OURcatholicradio.org, and click on the schedule. And there's a whole smattering of offerings that you can check out. We are going to take a break here because we can take those whenever we like during this show. And uh, we'll have more Roadmap to Heaven for you when we come back. We're talking with Kristalina Everett today in our ongoing conversations about summertime with our children who are home on summer break, whether they're little kids, whether they're older kids. And honestly, what we're going to talk about today is applicable to all of us that have a family, whether it's you and your kids, you and your spouse, or you and your parents. I don't know. And it's spiritual warfare. So, Kristalina, there's a lot we have to dive into today, and we don't have a lot of time, so let's get to it. The last two weeks, we've been talking about how to build up our families and fortify our families and build strong relationships. Who is number one in cheering against that? Who doesn't want us to succeed? Well, it's the devil. He wants us to fail at this. So, Let's talk about the vulnerabilities with families, and, and what do we want to begin with as we talk about spiritual warfare? 
first and foremost to take a spiritual evaluation of your family as parents, as the father head of the household, that you have got to take your place now and really look at that with your wife or if the mother's the one in charge of spiritual warfare, whatever it may be. And maybe this is the first time people are hearing this and they have no idea what we're talking about. That's okay. That's with most of the majority of Americans out there right now. So don't feel like you don't know what you're doing because a lot of people don't when it comes to this and not to be afraid of it. And you're engaged in a spiritual battle if you want to be or not. So it's not something that you can sit on the sidelines that you are engaged on a day-to-day basis. So you might as well be strong and fortified in this battle because you have to fight it regardless. So to start by taking spiritual inventory of what's going on. When's the last time you took your kids to confession, especially over the summer? For those of you that go to Catholic school, and maybe it's just there for your kids, make sure they're going every two weeks, that you're going to Sunday masses. And sometimes people can really fall off of that, and they don't want to, or it's hard, or they're on summer vacation, and it's not a priority. But the Eucharist within your family life and how life-giving and peaceful and the harmony and fighting against this evil battle, Jesus has got to be the center of all that you do as a family, and that's got to be the base, kind of home base, and then you kind of work out from there. And if there's something that is keeping you from that, well, you got to reevaluate that and kind of root it out, because that's a rot within the family. If it's keeping you from going closer to Jesus in any way, shape, or form, I call that rot within the family, and it's got to go, because that's where a stronghold may be of the evil one. So with your prayer life, where you're at with the sacraments, and also what is it you're letting in within your home that you are allowing of the world that could be also adding to that rot. Well, you know, I'm glad you use that analogy of rot because we are refinishing a lot of the woodwork around our house and with our front door. We had just a little bit of rot Perfect. on the bottom. And my neighbor who does yeah. this said, we're cutting that off. I know exactly how we fix this, but if we don't cut it off, it will keep spreading. And then you're looking at a whole new door and that was going to be thousands of dollars. So I said, cut the rot. Let's, let's get it out. Now, the good news is we have tools. God did not leave us abandoned in this fight. Number one thing I want to throw out there, and I know, Kristalina, you have some others here. If it has been a while since you have been to confession, do a thorough examination of conscience. Go in that confessional, and right away, don't hold back, the most severe sins, if they're mortal sins, start with the mortal sins, whether it's pornography, sins against chastity, contraception, whatever it may be. You go in the confessional and you drop those first, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I did this mortal sin this number of times. The devil's going to be like, whoa, what happened with Adam there? I'm just going to go retreat to my corner. But there's some other things, you know, because we're not going to go to confession every night in our house, but there are things we can do at home with our families to protect ourselves in this spiritual war. Oh, absolutely. And what Adam just said, I just want to reiterate, that is perfection. And that's like the nuclear on the devil right there. That's the nuclear code and dropping that bomb is going in and facing those mortal sins and getting rid of them. But also use the sacramentals of the church. Get holy water. Get some holy water from your church. They typically have it in the back. And use that at night. Fathers, bless your children. Learn to get into a routine of saying prayers at night with your children. And maybe that's a home base where you start those conversations and you talk with your kids and you touch base with them, which is beautiful. And I do that a lot with my children. If we don't have a full-blown family prayer, I go to each one of them. 
Also, there is a manual for spiritual warfare every Catholic home should have, especially if you're just learning about these things. And the Manual for Spiritual Warfare by Paul Figpin literally breaks down your weapons, what saints you go to, what Bible verses you can use, what prayers with the different, maybe if you have addictions or you're struggling with a hard time with your husband or your wife or your children, or you're having a hard time at work or different afflictions that may be coming after you that you don't even realize are there. This book was phenomenal for me when I started learning about all of this. So again, Manual for Spiritual Warfare by Paul Sigpin is a must for every Catholic household. And be humble in really what is going on in your environment and what you're allowing, and to really be honest with yourself. And I'll give you my own personal example of, I allowed an Xbox in our home um, two years ago or a couple years ago, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just monitor it, we'll keep it. And Jason and I talked about it, and I wasn't 100%, I should have listened. You always know, parents, deep down, if it's okay or if it's not. Always listen, hands down, doesn't matter. And I didn't really listen to that. And I let that in. And slowly, it was like this slow creep, this slow crack that got bigger and bigger of things I was seeing. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I literally warned him, if if I see anything like that again, it's over. And they didn't listen to me or take me seriously because either the devices will control you and your household or you will control those devices. And it can be a very hard battle. And I cut the serpent's head off. And I warned my son. If I see a war game or something like that again, I'm going to throw it in the pool. And he's like, oh, okay, Mom, whatever. And I saw it again, and Adam, I threw it in the pool. Oh, wow. I literally wow. grabbed it, <laughs> and I chucked that thing in the pool, and this splash, and you, I heard the screams in the house because they were watching me, <laughs> and they were losing their mind. Go- and I sat back. I went in my chair, crossed my arms, and I said, I cut that serpent's head off, and it's never coming to my house again. Go now, big or go home, parent, folks. <laughs> but go big or go home, because all the little ones remember that. All and right. they'll never forget it, and they're gonna, they won't cross that when I say, look, no more means no more. Exactly. You know, we think so often of that that image of the Good Shepherd. I love this because I heard a reflection on this a few years ago. You know, I'm the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. And in our homes as parents, you know, I know my kids and they know me. And we want to think that, oh, if they start to stray, I'll, I'll grab my, my staff, my crook, and I'll pull them back yeah. in. Well, let's not forget that the rod, the rod is like the baseball bat. It's it's the densest wood yes. from the, the center of the tree. This is not to pull the sheep back. This is to beat away the wolves. This is the club. Yeah to defend the sheep against the wolves. So sometimes, as the parent, you're going to need to use the rod, and your children aren't going to like you when you do. And I'm not saying to beat your children, lest anyone think that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes you have to be firm and set down the ground rules for their own good. Because can you imagine if the the shepherd said, well, I just want to be friends with the sheep, and the sheep really wants to hang out with the wolf, so I guess that'd be okay. Go ahead and hang out with the wolf. No! No! No, So Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Hey, you know what we we haven't mentioned that the devil hates is the rosary. And you know what the devil hates even more? When you pray the rosary together as a family. As a family. That's right. That's right. And that's huge. And it is a weapon that will scourge him when you are doing it as a family. And it's powerful. And you know what, parents? Don't be so hard on yourself because it's pure chaos and a circus. Most of the time, I get our eight children and two dogs are always there praying the rosary. We try to get them out of the room, but it's chaos. Oh, yeah. God sees that chaos, and I think he loves it because he sees the effort. He sees the actions, and we can murmur all the words that we want and how holy we want to be, and and we're striving, but at the end of the day, 
It's the actions that you put in to what it is you're trying to do to love. And we're trying to love God and be faithful with blessed mother, and we want those graces. And I know the parents, the kids are going to complain, and they're going to moan, and they don't want to. Well, thank you. That's too bad. You spend how long on your device, but you can't get 15 minutes to God? I don't think so. And we need to get a little more hardcore and stop being so afraid our kids aren't going to like us or are going to be mad at us. It is your job to get your children to heaven, number one goal. And if you're allowing the world to seep into that and alter how you parent your children, that is a problem. And you've got to reevaluate that and know at the end of the day, it is our job and sole duty to do what's best for their souls first and foremost everything else comes after. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Crystalina, a few weeks ago, we you know, we were having our, our radiothon here at the station. We had all these guests coming in, and I'll never forget this. One guest was like, yeah, in my house, you've heard of the, the wrestling, the, the Royal Rumble. We have the Rosary Rumble. We've got the Littles climbing all over our backs and on our arms. And as irritating as it can be sometimes, there's going to come a day that we're going to miss this, and we're going to be in tears, and then we're going to have yes. grandchildren. We're going to do the whole thing all over again. And, and they right. said, do not be afraid of the Rosary rumble so i i gotta get on board with that and i'll tell you the devil wants disorder in our homes i'll never forget one time yes. beth and i were in this knockdown drag out argument and i mean we were losing our tempers with one another and through some grace and it happens that's okay it yeah. happens adam through some grace she looks at me and she goes you know what we need to do right now we need to pray the rosary right now and we did and then sure enough we calmed down and we figured out what it was yes. that was at the root of that crystalina i want to thank you for this Friends, if you need more resources on spiritual warfare, send us an email here at the station. There's a lot of things we can direct you to out there. Don't toy around with it. The devil and the demons are no. very legalistic. You have to know your lane. But when That's you have right. authority in your house, don't underestimate that authority. So we're going to wrap this up next week. But in the meantime, we've got more Roadmap to Heaven to get to today. So, Crystalina, thank you so much for being with us. Friends, we will be back. Don't go anywhere. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. It's a good time to stop on this Wednesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. This week we are learning lessons dedicated to children. But, you know, I think these are also for the child at heart in each and every one of us. So, Patty, what do you have for us today? Well, again, I'm singing these children's songs each week from the Steve Green albums, Hide Them in Your Heart. And these are just some of our favorite kids' songs that we always listen to in the car. Again, it'll help you memorize scripture and teach your children the truths of the faith. So this one comes from Matthew 22, and it's the the law, the, the biggest law that God has. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the song is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then it goes on and does the other ones. You shall love the Lord your God with all your strength. Anyway, it goes on. But it's a great little song to teach them 
the major law of God, to love God with all your heart, and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself, as it goes on in the song to say. So again, sing the truths of our faith to your children. Again, they're all sung by children. Steve Green's Hide Them in Your Heart. But the other encouragement that I want to offer today for parents is to take your children to adoration just for two minutes. Stop in, show them Jesus. I cannot stress this enough how important it is to take children to adoration so that they know that Jesus is there. They need to know as they're growing up where to go in the greatest joys and sorrows of life. When they've just had the best thing, they've had a great day, they've maybe pitched their first baseball game or they've had a birthday, let's go in and thank Jesus. Or when grandma's about to have surgery or dad has just lost his job and we need to pray for this, let's stop in adoration. Let's just spend two minutes. Age appropriate for how much time you spend But it is so important to take them there, take them right to Jesus and be in his presence. So that's my encouragement for all parents. If you have not taken your children to adoration, do it. Patty, every time you sing for us on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, I remember it. And so there's going to be a lot to remember from this week, but I am loving every minute of it. And I'm sure our listeners are, too. Thank you for today's encouragement. I may or may not be a little too fired up today. I don't know. Can you be too fired up? Is that possible? I hope you're fired up today, too. You know, that's the whole point of all of this, whether it's joking around with uh, Jack Williams about the work they do on Open Line and the other shows that we like to bring you here on Covenant Network or getting down to the serious matters as we did with Doug and Crystalina. I like to get fired up, and I hope that you do, too, because, you know, I mentioned the last couple days that it's one of those things that, again, were we letting the devil get a little foothold in our lives that, you know, Beth and I were having those moments where we were just kind of irritating one another and and, and the potholes, you know, on the roadmap to heaven, as as we said. Last night we had a great conversation, by the way. Things are are splendid. And as I knew they would be, uh, we're still very, very much in love. But this is why it's so good for us to get fired up. You know, I hope you get excited about your faith. Why? Because sometimes you're going to hit potholes on the road. You know, and the roadmap doesn't always show where the potholes are going to be. Wouldn't that be wonderful if every every time you put the map on your GPS, it said, warning, pothole ahead in 400 feet, so you could change lanes, you know? But it doesn't. It doesn't. So we have to be ready for them. And being fired up about our faith, being energized, being ready to go, being over the top, it is... uh, it is necessary. So I, I hope that you've got some energy going into today. It's going to be hard to be Catholic almost every day of your life. It's going to be hard to be holy almost every day of your life. But what a joy it is to strive to be holy and what a joy it is when through the grace of God we are able to succeed at that. And I just pray that the successful days far outnumber the unsuccessful days and that the most important day, the day of my death, finds me in a state of grace. And since I don't know when that's going to be, I have no insight into that. I better strive to be in a state of grace each and every day, each and every day, and you should too. So uh, I, I feel like I'm giving a speech on the sidelines of the football team here. Kristalina's got me fired up today. I don't know if you could tell that. So I want to thank everybody for being with us today, Doug Berry, Jack Williams, and Kristalina Everett. Tomorrow we are going to continue 
our conversations with Doug. And what else do we have on tap tomorrow? Well, you'll just have to tune in. I could tell you, but you could just tune in. That would be that would be great too. Next week, we're also going to be looking ahead to uh, Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, NFP Awareness Week, and next week is World Grandparents Day. So let's pray here really quick. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little teaser for tomorrow. Someone else you know from EWTN's Open Line, and we might ask a little controversial question to get to know what our faith teaches us. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.